I wonder what comes into your mind if someone asked you to think about God and describe him to somebody. Um, it's a, a really important question. And probably most of us would say, well, God is loving, he is full of grace, he's powerful, he's holy. All those different adjectives that we might use to describe him. Some based upon what we've read in the word of God. And hopefully many of them about our own experience of life with him and our experience of everyday life following him. But one of the words that probably isn't used by many of us to describe God is the word joyful. I wonder if you would describe God as joyful. That's certainly not a word that I would have used for, for many years of my Christian life. But I, I have to say that the more I, I read about Jesus in the scriptures, the more I see of a joyful God. And joy is one of those things which we probably don't quite know how to describe. It's one of those feelings that we get when uh, it's like a feeling of euphoria when something goes really well. Perhaps we've achieved something that we've really wanted to do. Uh, perhaps we've been with somebody, a friend or a family, and we've just had that deep sense of joy, uh, of, of deep happiness of being with them. And that's amazing. I think we all long for more of those moments of joy. But of course, life isn't always like that, is it? And uh, if your life is anything like mine, you will have been through some tough stuff. You might be going through some really tough stuff even now listening to this video. Um, and some things are so tough, we actually don't know how we're going to get through them. Other things we've already got through and we look back on. But describing uh, joy in that way makes it feel quite fleeting. When things are going well, we experience joy. But when things are tough, joy seems a long way off. But as we read God's word, we see something else about joy. We see that joy isn't just a, a short-term feeling. It's actually something which is available for us, something that we can tap into, something that we can experience, something that we can live from, and something that we can choose, and actually something which is of God's nature. Um, and as I've discovered that myself, I've been on a bit of a journey of, of trying to choose to live from a place of joy, no matter what's happening in life. And I want to be really honest and say sometimes that's worked and sometimes it hasn't. If you ask those closest to me, they'll tell you the same. But I do believe we can choose joy and choosing joy changes so many things. But the first question really is, is God really that joyful? And I was listening to a sermon recently from Luke chapter 15 and we probably know it as the parable of the prodigal son. But as you read that story about the son that, that runs away and squanders uh, his father's inheritance, there's a, there's a different way of looking at that passage. It's actually looking at it as the parable of the dancing God. This is a God who celebrates. This is a God who runs towards his son who has sinned and squandered the money. This is a God who throws a party. This is a God who dances and is full of joy. And for many of us, that's slightly uncomfortable because our religious background, if we've grown up in church, often doesn't quite feel that joyful. The joy of our salvation feels like a phrase that we should know, but often perhaps don't think about or, or practice. But the scriptures are, are full of stories of joy. And for me, the biggest realization was that if God really is like Jesus, if Jesus is God, and when Jesus says in, in John's Gospel, he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And when I look at Jesus in the Gospels, I see a joyful Jesus. I don't see a Jesus that, that went and prayed for people and, and healed people with some kind of austere frown upon his face. 
I, I, I see a Jesus that would have said to the leper, leper be cleansed, be clean. To the blind man, blind man, you know, you can see, be healed. And I would have seen him share the joy. He would have hugged those people. He would have shared in their joy of their, their healing and their deliverance. It would have been a, a, a remarkable thing to be part of. And I see this all the way through the ministry of Jesus. The parties he went to, uh, the stories he told, the people he hung out with. We have a joyful God. And I think that's why Nehemiah says those words that are very well known, that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Because it's God's joy. It's who he is. It's part of his nature. It's part of his character. Um, and there's a, a wonderful verse in the New Testament uh, in Romans uh, 14, verse 17. And it's describing the kingdom of God, the, the king's realm, the king's domain, his dominion, his place of authority, his sphere of influence. And it says that the kingdom of God is not merely eating and drinking, but the kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. These three things, righteousness, peace and joy. And most of us would go, yeah, I get that righteousness is part of the kingdom of God. I get that Jesus is the Prince of Peace and peace is part of the kingdom of God. And I know it's not an exact science, but, but those three things, maybe you could divide the kingdom into three things and they'd be equal percentages. That's probably a bit too precise. But whatever the number, whatever the percentage, joy is one of those three things. That, uh, that Paul in the book of Romans describes the kingdom of God as. The kingdom of God is joy in the Holy Spirit. We also know from, from Luke that, that Jesus says that the kingdom of God is within us. So that means if the kingdom of God is joy and God himself is joy and we have the Holy Spirit in us and the kingdom is within us, then joy is available within us and joy should be overflowing from us. That's really challenging, isn't it? Because I'm not sure my life always overflows with joy. Um, I wonder whether our church services are full of joy. I wonder if our life groups and our homes and our family meals are full of joy. I wonder if the people that we meet that don't yet know Jesus would describe us as Christians as joyful people. But we do have that opportunity because God himself is joy and the Holy Spirit is joy. And one of the fruits of the Spirit is joy and the kingdom of God is joy and the kingdom and the Spirit of God are within us, which means there is joy to be enjoyed and there is joy to be savoured and there is joy to overflow. And so I believe that we have a choice. I believe that if we see God as joyful, if we see that he is joyful in his relationship with us, if we believe the words of Zephaniah, that actually he rejoices over us with singing, that his love for us fills him with joy and he relates to us in a joyful way, then we have the opportunity to relate back to him with that. And so for me, I'm on a journey of trying to choose joy. Well, what does that, what does that mean? Well, I think the first thing is that to experience anything of God's nature, it requires something of faith. And so if we don't see something of God and we don't understand something of God, it's very hard to experience that tangible reality of his nature because we don't actually believe it's real. But as we read the scriptures and we see that joy is part of who God is, part of his nature, our faith levels rise. And so for me, my joy levels always rise when I, when I sit back and I, I push my back into the chair 
and I simply begin to relax and I, and I thank the Lord. I'm going to do it now as I thank you, Father, that, that you love me. I thank you that I am seated in heavenly places with you. I thank you that you've saved me, you've redeemed me. I thank you that you are present right now, this very moment. And even as I pray those words, I can sense his presence. And I feel this inner joy that isn't actually dependent on my circumstances. Like perhaps the, 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 the feelings of happiness or joy that we described earlier. This is something much deeper. This is something eternal. This is something that never changes. This is us choosing to experience and believe that the Lord really loves us, that there's joy in heaven for us, and that we can experience that joy. Um, and of course, in, in Psalm 16, it says that in your presence is fullness of joy. And God is always present. And if we believe that, and we dial in, as it were, if we set our hearts towards him and believe that he's present right now in this moment, I actually start to feel those feelings of joy not dependent on what I'm going through. I might be having a really tough day. I might be going through something serious with a health issue or a family issue or a financial challenge. You might be going through one of those things today as you listen to this. But actually just to sit back and say, I'm loved by the King of Kings and the King himself is the King of joy and his kingdom is a kingdom of joy and I'm loved and he is present with me right now. It starts to fill me with an inner joy that is not defined by those circumstances. And so I believe that what we're meant to do with that is to practice that, to practice the presence of God, to believe that joy is available, to dial into that joy. And for me, there's a couple of really simple practical ways of doing that. The first one is what I've just done. It's actually just stopping and recognizing the reality of the presence of God with me. That the Holy Spirit is here, that he lives and dwells within me and that he is joy. One of the fruits of the Spirit is joy. It's his, his fruit, it's him, it's who he is. And as I start to sense that joy, my disposition changes. My attitude towards what's going on around me changes. The way I treat people changes. And for me to practice that, there's a couple of really simple things. The first thing is thanksgiving. I find that as I give thanks to God, as I choose to thank him for what's good in my life, my joy levels rise. I choose to, to not moan and not be negative, but instead to thank him for his presence, to thank him for who he is, to thank him for what he's done. And I went through a, a stage of doing this, and I, I want to be honest and say I actually just struggled to, to say a lot. But I did it every day, and every day I would think of more things. I just began to thank him for the very air that I, I breathed. I'd thank him for the birds. I'd thank him for the plants, the flowers, the trees. I, I'd thank him for my family. I'd, I'd thank him for a bed. I'd wake up in the morning and just thank him for life. I'd thank him for health. I'd thank him for my fingers and my toes. It sounds crazy, but the more we're thankful, the more we feel thankful and the more the joy level within us rises. And I think secondly, out of that place of thankfulness, we choose our language and we choose language of praise and adoration. And so for me, my joy levels are always higher when I choose to give my attention to Jesus and I choose to worship him I choose to praise him, I choose to sing to him, I whistle and I just allow uh, tunes and songs and things to rise in my heart that, that enable me to adore him for who he is and what he's done. And as I do that, again, I feel my joy levels rising because joy is, is there, it's him. And fullness of joy comes in his presence. So the more aware of his presence, 
the more joy that we feel. And the third thing that really helps our joy levels is choosing our language. It's so easy to, to complain, to be negative, to criticise, to judge, to pull people down, uh, to do that uh, after church, to go home after the service and have roast preacher for lunch. Uh, all of these things we, we, we do without thinking about it. And we're actually using so often the language of hell rather than the language of heaven. Because the language of heaven is, is joyful, the language of heaven is honour. But the language of hell is negativity and disappointment and fear because ultimately the devil knows what his end will be. And so that language defines his reality and his future. But our reality and our future are in a different place. We have a, a future with a, the eternal king of kings. And so I'm not saying don't be real about your situation. I'm not saying don't share your concerns. I'm not saying don't share the, the, the difficulties that you're going through with people. But we also have a choice. We have a choice to go through the valley of Baca and not just to camp there. We have a, a choice to, to look to our saviour. We have a choice to believe that he is a God of joy that loves us. And we have a choice to share that joy with other people and to create an atmosphere of joy that actually sometimes even changes the very situation we find ourselves in, like Paul and Silas did in Acts 16, where they were worshipping and praising God in the midst of being in a dark, damp prison. And an earthquake comes and shakes that prison. And ultimately, not only do they find their freedom, but the jailer and his family and probably many others find their freedom because of their positioning of their hearts in a place of joy and thanksgiving and praise. And so I'm not saying this is easy, and we're all on a journey with this. But I do believe that, that joy is a person, and his name is Jesus. And when we see him, and when we experience his presence, we find that joy welling up within us. But I also believe that joy is the strength that we need to get through. Nehemiah says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And Jesus uh, talks about, or the, the writers of the New Testament talk about Jesus enduring the cross because of the joy set before him. What does that, what does that mean? Well, clearly it means the joy of being with his father, it, the joy of being back on his heavenly throne. But it also means the joy of us, the joy of knowing that he would save us, the joy of relationship with us enabled him to endure the hardest thing that anybody has ever been through, that anybody could ever go through. So I want to just say, even if you're going through something really tough today, it's actually the joy of the Lord that can help you get through that very situation. Now, joy sometimes comes just as that, that gentle, uh, warming, inner feeling of the presence of God. But at times, the Holy Spirit also moves in great power. And both personally, and I've seen it many times with other people, when the Holy Spirit comes and fills people, with like a wave of liquid joy. Uh, and sometimes they, they're filled with laughter. Sometimes they just take on such a beautiful ease that the difficulties and challenges they go through just seem to disappear for the moment they experience. And I've experienced that, that deep joy filling on a number of occasions. And if you've not yet experienced that, then I would encourage you just to ask the Lord and say, Holy, Holy Spirit, come and fill me with joy. Um, as you see in Isaiah 53, that uh, actually the oil of joy, the spirit of gladness, is something that actually really helps as a divine exchange 
for mourning or a divine exchange for a spirit of heaviness. We don't want to live with a spirit of heaviness. We want to live with a spirit of joy. And so I pray now, Father, that, that for everybody listening and for myself, that we would believe that you are the God of joy. You are the God of hope who fills us with joy by your Holy Spirit. You're the God who brings us strength through your joy. And you're the God who sings over us with joy. May we be people who are joyful. May we be a church that is joyful. May we be people that choose our language, that people that contribute to joy to those around us. And may we each experience your joy today in a fresh way. In Jesus' name, amen.